0: All right, boys and girls, I know that sometimes I get up here and I use big words, um, sometimes I Uh, See, right there, I was about to say meander around and wax eloquently. Um, Sometimes I get up here and I ramble about things, and and it doesn't always make sense to you. I'm talking to the adults, but today, boys and girls, I'm going to be talking to you, okay? So today's sermon is for you all, all right? All of you that have been helping out, all of you that are probably, I'm going to say, ages 12 and under. This sermon is for you. And it's called The Exciting Adventures of Daniel. The Exciting Adventures of Daniel. All right, now we're good to go. So I want to start off in chapter one. Daniel chapter one and verse one. It says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it besieged it it means he attacked it now i'm going to i'm going to be using this name a lot throughout this sermon this morning and so i'm just it's a weird name it's a long name right it's kind of a mouthful so i'm just going to shorten it we're going to to refer to him as king neb okay so so king neb he comes to judah he attacks it and he stole from god's temple He went into God's temple and stole all the gold, all of the silver, everything beautiful inside of it, but he didn't stop at that point. He also took all of the young Jewish men, all the ones that were really smart, that were really strong, that were skilled in different areas. Anyone that King Neb thought that he could use in his own kingdom, he took them away from their home. And when they got there, The king wanted to feed them from his table. Verse six says, now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now maybe you recognize those last three friends better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? That's how they're referred to in chapter three. That was their their Babylonian name. You see, King Neb wanted them to forget about their god. And so he wanted them to eat differently, to learn differently, to act differently, to even be called a different name because their Hebrew names all pointed toward their God. And so they get there and they find out that they are going to be asked to eat from the king's table. Now, when they looked at all the food on that table, they realized that a lot of this food was not healthy. A lot of this food was stuff that, that God had warned his people not to eat if they wanted to live a long and healthy life. But everybody else, all the rest of the young men that were taken from Judah, they ate from that table. They didn't want to argue with the king but not Daniel and his friends. Verse eight says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. It means he, he made a choice. He had conviction in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. So Daniel and his friends, they chose to do what they knew was right. And so for 10 days, 10 days, they said, hey, can we only eat vegetables can we only drink water and the 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 leader who was over them said oh i don't know about that if you get out of here looking weak and 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 not so healthy we're gonna get in trouble and they said give us 10 days 10 days just just give us 10 days and then and then we'll we'll see how things go so 10 days go by and they looked healthier and stronger than all of their friends that ate from the king's table. And so these Babylonian people sort of took a step back. Their eyes got wide. Something is, is different here. And God did even more for these four young men. He didn't just stop with making them look stronger, with making them look healthier Verse 17 says, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So there's lots to learn from this story in Daniel chapter one, but one thing stands out most to me. Stand for God against peer pressure. Peer pressure. Have you ever heard of peer pressure before? uh, uh, Your peer is maybe your brother or your sister, maybe your classmates, maybe your friends. And sometimes those same people will pressure you, try to get you to do things that you know aren't good, that you know are bad. And so the lesson that we can take from this story is to follow God not man. Follow God, not man. Do what is right, because that's what Christians do. Then in chapter two, we see this. Now in the second year of Neb's reign, Neb had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. And so he wakes up from this dream, and he knows it was crazy. He knows it was wild, but he can't remember what it was. Have you ever had a dream like that? Maybe you wake up and the first thing that you know that morning is like, you know you just had a weird dream. You remember bits and pieces, but by the time you get out of bed, by the time you have breakfast, it's gone. You've completely forgotten about it. That's what happened to King Neb. And so he calls all of his magicians and his sorcerers and his astrologers, these people that think that you can sort of tell the future from the stars. He calls them all together and says, hey, I need you to help me out. I need you to tell me what my dream was. And then I need you to interpret that dream for me. Tell me what it meant. And um, he offered rewards if they could help, but he offered punishments if they couldn't help. And so they gathered together and they said, all right, King Neb, we can help you out. Just tell us what you dreamt and we'll tell you what it means. Now, King Neb couldn't remember his dream, could he? And so this, King Neb had a little bit of an anger problem, a little bit of a bad temper, and so this really angered him, and he decided, you know what? If you can't help me, you're no good to me. I'm going to kill all of the wise men in Babylon. Now, at this point, Daniel and his friends, they had become wise men in Babylon. They were these wise men that were going to be killed. And so Daniel, he went and asked the king for a little bit of time. Give me a little bit more time. Maybe I can help you out. Verses 17 and 18 of Daniel 2, it says, then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon, So they prayed all night, and God gave Daniel a dream. He gave him a vision that night. And when he woke up, he knew what the dream was that the king had, and he knew what it meant. And so Daniel, he then goes to the king and says, there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And so Daniel told him what his dream was that he forgot, told him what the dream meant, and he saved not only his own life, but the lives of all of the wise men in Babylon. And the king was amazed. And in his amazement, he came to believe in the one true God. The king answered Daniel and said, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. And so the king went on to give Daniel all sorts of gifts, and he even made him a very high-up ruler in Babylon. And so one of the biggest things that, that I want you kids to learn from this story is to bring your worries and fears to God. Bring your worries and fears to God. Daniel's life was in danger, and he took that fear to God. Daniel was worried that he might not survive the king's anger, and so he asked God for help. No matter what scary things we might face in this life, we should take those things to God in prayer. Then, in Daniel chapter 5, we read, Belshazzar, another strange name, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. So we have a new king in town, right? And he throws a party. He throws a party, but he took it a little bit too far. The Babylonians were known for throwing their parties but he took it too far because remember all the stuff that King Neb stole from God's temple? Well, King Belshazzar decided I'm going to go get that stuff. I'm going to get the silver cups and the gold cups, and we're going to party with them. We're going to drink alcohol out of God's holy cups. And then this happened. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote can you imagine this just a hand appears out of nowhere and starts writing on the wall nobody attached to it just just a hand the king was scared the bible says he was so scared his knees were knocking together he was shaking he was so scared And these strange words appeared. They were written by the hand, Meeny, meeny, Tekel, farson. Nobody knew what these strange words meant. And once again, the king, he called all of his wise men together and nobody could figure out what it meant. And the king was starting to get really nervous, really, really scared. But then the queen spoke up. The queen spoke up and said, There's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Neb, your father, made made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. So they called for Daniel. And with the help of God, he was able to interpret what those words meant, those strange words. And he told the king what they meant. And then Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple, put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in all of the kingdom. So we're starting to see a trend here, right? Daniel is in this place away from home where people live differently, people worship differently. But Daniel continues to worship God and just do his thing to do good, to be nice to people, to be respectful. And he keeps getting blessed under King Neb, under King Belshazzar. So what what can you learn from this story? What can you learn from Daniel chapter 5? I think you can learn that God will give you opportunities to help others. God will give you opportunities to help others. If you stay close to God, he will give you those opportunities to help someone in need. You can be a friend to someone who is lonely. You can be nice to someone who is sad. You can give food to someone who's hungry. You can give a coat to somebody who's cold. Pray and ask for God to give you those opportunities, and he will. And finally, we'll look at the story in Daniel chapter 6. It says in verse 1, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. So there's once again a new king in town. And one of these leaders that he appointed was, who do you think it was? Daniel, right? Daniel is appointed one of these leaders. And Daniel just did his usual thing. He's working for God. And soon it was, everybody knew that he was better than all of the other leaders. He was quicker. He was more respectful. He was smarter. He could solve problems. He was the nicest guy around. And these other leaders, they didn't like it. They became jealous. They became angry with Daniel. And so they wanted to get him into trouble. And so the way that they went about trying to get him into trouble was by spying on him. Do you know what it means to spy on someone? Yeah? What does it mean, Misha? Mm. Sneaking up to someone's room, maybe peeking through the peephole, watching everything they do, right? That's exactly what they did with Daniel. They followed him home. They had people watching him while he was working. But then after a number of days of this, they realized this guy doesn't ever do anything bad. This guy doesn't do anything wrong. How are we gonna get him in trouble? But then they realized that since Daniel always followed his God's law, that they just needed to pass a law that was against God's law. And then the king would be upset with Daniel. So they went to the king, and they asked him to sign a decree, to sign a law that says nobody can pray to anybody else except for King Darius for 30 days. Now, this doesn't sound like something Daniel would go with, but therefore King Darius signed the written decree. So the king made the law, but Daniel continued to pray. And people were still spying on him, but he didn't care. He didn't even try to hide the fact that he was still praying to his God. He did his normal thing, opened the window so everybody in the town could see, and he prayed right in front of the window. That was Daniel. And so these men who were angry, who were jealous with Daniel, they took this news to the king and told him that Daniel was a lawbreaker. Now, remember, King Darius liked Daniel. King Darius considered Daniel to be his friend, but when a law is broken, there has to be a punishment. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. He will save you. He will protect you. So Daniel, he was thrown into this lion's den and then a massive stone covered the top. No escape for Daniel. He had to spend the night there. Now remember, King Darius, he really liked Daniel. considered him a friend, so he was pretty upset by this. And he went back to his bedroom and he worried about Daniel all night. He didn't eat. He didn't have anybody come play him music. He didn't even sleep all night just worrying about Daniel, thinking about his friend Daniel. And so early the next morning, as soon as the sun came up, King Darius left his bedroom, went to the den of lions, asked somebody to move that massive stone away. And then he called out to Daniel, has your God protected you from the lions, Daniel? And to his surprise and to his delight, he heard Daniel's voice come back. And Daniel said, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. The king was so happy. And immediately, he called for Daniel to be pulled out of the lion's den. He remembered all of those people that had done Daniel wrong. He looked at Daniel, no scrape, no scratch. And King Darius then, just like King Nebuchadnezzar, just like King Belshazzar, became a believer in the one true God. And then he punished those men that tried to get Daniel in trouble and passed a new law claiming that Daniel's God was the true God whose kingdom would endure forever. You see, God wants to answer our prayers. God wants to answer our prayers. God is faithful. God is loving. And I know that sometimes we might think that he isn't there or he isn't listening, But the truth is, he is waiting for us to bring our prayers to him. He's waiting to answer our prayers in the same way that he did with Daniel. You see, being a follower of God is never boring. It's never boring. Daniel served the Lord for his entire life, his entire life. And as we have seen today, he had many exciting adventures. We can also have exciting adventures with God. Do you believe that? Yeah? So let's be like Daniel. Let's learn to stand for God against peer pressure. Let's learn to bring our worries and fears to God. Let's learn to believe that God will give us opportunities to help others. And let's learn to trust that God wants to answer our prayers. So let us rejoice about the exciting adventures that God has in store for our lives as we follow him. Let us pray. Our loving, gracious heavenly father, Lord, we thank you so much for these exciting stories in the Bible where we can see people just like us who go through difficult times, who get scared of different things, who have questions, who worry, but who ultimately chose to follow you, to come to you, to pray to you, and to do good in your name. Lord, help us to be like that. Help us to realize that you have exciting adventures in store for all of us, and you want to use us to spread the good news of Jesus with the world. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. We accept it now, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So before we we end this morning, I want to invite all of our elders to come forward. Anybody that is currently serving as an elder in this local church, or if you have ever served as an elder in the Adventist church, I would like for you just to come forward. We're gonna have a prayer of dedication for our kids. And so, I don't know how y'all want to do this. Yeah, let's maybe do it down here. So if y'all could come over here, and then all of you kids, boys and girls, if you could come and just stand on the on the ground right here around us, we want to pray for all of you. We've seen the amazing job that you did in the church service today. God is using you. Do you realize that? Do you realize that, that God is using you and that you've brought a blessing to all the adults here today? And so we wanna pray that God continues to use you. And since, since Mrs. Norma loves you all so much and, and, and helped put this together and along with a few of the other adults, I'm going to have her have this prayer of dedication for you, okay? And then when she says amen, everybody just wait one more second. I have one more short announcement, and then we'll move forward. So, Miss Norma, would you pray for us and pray for these kiddos? It should be. Yes.
1: All right. Maybe, elders, if you could surround the kiddos, let's get close to them. All right, boys and girls, let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, The angels in heaven must be rejoicing this morning to see these precious children that you have given us. And we just pray that you would send your spirit to be with them, protect them, help them to all dare to be a Daniel through all the exciting adventures that they're going to face during their lives. Help them to trust you always. Help them to depend on you. Help them to have you be their God. Protect them from all the dangers in this world. And, Father, it is our prayer that each one of these children serve you always, grow up to worship you always, and to be the shining light that you would have them be. So just protect them now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for their... um, ability to make us happy and to show us love. And may we be the support that they always need. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.